You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. I'm Anthony Kasterman. Thanks for listening in. We're going to talk a little twins here with Rhett Bollinger. And Rhett, uh, not the start the twins wanted. We are recording this just in advance of the home opener, of course. Uh, twins start up the season 0-6. And immediately, you know, it calls to mind a year ago when they started out one and six and ended up missing the playoffs by just three games. So, you know, with that dynamic in play, how much unease is there in that clubhouse with the way things have been going? There's definitely some. I mean, the Twins are saying they're not panicking and saying all the right things, but I'm sure privately they're definitely really frustrated. You know, this is a team that actually has some expectations. You know, last year when they went one and six, they're coming off four bad years. People could have thought they would have, you know, been a bad team anyway. It wasn't exactly a big shock, but, you know, considering last year that they, uh, you know, they won 83 games, um, had a good season to kind of bounce back from that. To have it happen again is just definitely disheartening for this, you know, this team to be 0-6. And so the big difference between last year and this year, though, is last year uh, they were blown out in a lot of those games. You know, they got swept by the Tigers and around scored, I think, 22-1 to in that series. This year, um, you know, of their six losses, five of them are very close. Um, so in some ways it makes it more frustrating because they've had chances to win these games. And they just haven't done it. Um, but at least they know they're, they've been competitive. If some breaks are to go their way, uh, they should win some more ball games. Obviously, right now I think they're hitting like you know .067 you know with runners in scoring position. That's not going to happen all year, obviously. And the bullpen's not going to be this bad all year either. Um, starting pitching's actually been okay. Uh, good signs from Alaska. But yeah, it's definitely been some frustration in there. But guys like Brian Dozier, Trevor Plouffe, some of their leaders have been talking about how no one's panicking yet, and they realize there's you know a lot more games to go. Uh, but certainly not the kind of start they were looking for. Yeah, it's hard to know what to make of that. Uh, the close losses, you know, it is more encouraging than a year ago, and yet it's also more frustrating, I'm sure, to uh, you know to be so close, especially that the way they lost that uh, that sixth game. Uh, Glenn Perkins blows the save, and then they lose it in the tenth inning. You know, that that's the one. Those are the kinds of losses that really kind of gnaw at you. Um, you mentioned uh, Ricky Nolasco. Uh, so let's yeah let's talk about a positive there. Uh, after all the talk of that battle uh, in the rotation, and you know, here's a guy who had to really earn his keep uh, despite the big salary, and he went out there and won the job in spring training, and then he looked really sharp in his first outing. They had to like that. Yeah, it was definitely a good sign. This is a guy that really had struggled the last two years, uh, his first two years in Minnesota with an ERA close to six. Uh, so a lot of people kind of thought, you know, him making the rotation – some of it was just because, you know, Duffy had a bad spring and also because Nolasco still owed you know, $25 million over the next few years. But uh, he had a good spring. He really did. And the big thing with Nolasco is when he's healthy, he has some pretty good breaking stuff. He's got a curveball that's really good and a, and a really good slider. Um, so, yeah, I think that he had a, a good showing there uh, in that first game. Uh, using that fastball, he was usually throwing around 91-92 and getting that slider as a chase pitch and even just a pitch to locate even on a first pitch a lot. So it was definitely a good sign. We'll see if he can carry it over. Um, but for him to kind of come out and do that and maybe silence some critics right away, hopefully gives them maybe some confidence going forward because uh, he could be a big piece for this team if he can actually give them something. Because uh, obviously before he came here, he was a pretty good pitcher over there uh, in the National League. So for him to struggle as much as he did, uh, a lot of it was just, uh, you know, injury prone last year. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely a good sign to see that from him. Yeah, they gave him that contract for a reason. And uh, hopefully with good health will come uh, some better times for Ricky Nolasco. Uh, on the health front, uh, Danny Santana goes down with a hamstring issue. He gets put on the DL. And Max Kepler, the German-born outfielder and Southern League MVP from 2015, 
he joins the club. Uh, how much playing time can we expect for uh, Mr. Max? Well, it'll be interesting. I think they'd like to get him in there because the big thing with Kepler is, as you know, obviously last year he was the Southern League MVP at AA, but he's yet to play at AAA until this year, and he played in only two games there before getting called up because of St. Canada's injury. Um, so I think the Twins want him to get at bats, but also at the same time would rather see guys like their starters, like, you know, Buxton, Rosario, Sano, pick it up and kind of play every day. But um, Santana was obviously getting a lot of at-bats, uh, starting three straight games. So I think there's a chance that we'll see Kepler in there, um, you know, against right-handers. I don't think he'll play here uh, early in the series against the White Sox. Uh, it's a couple lefties in the mound, but I have a feeling that maybe uh, when Matt Latos goes on Thursday uh, that we could see Kepler make his first start of the season because he had a pretty impressive showing, uh, you know, in his first game. You know, kind of came out of there thrown into the fire after uh, Mikel Sano was thrown out of the game uh, for ejecting, uh, sorry, for uh, arguing uh, balls and strikes with uh, John Hirschbeck. Um, Kepler came in and made an incredible catch in right field, uh, you know, that ended up being a sacrifice fly and ended up tying the game, uh, but kind of maybe solved, uh, you know, maybe it would have lost. If he doesn't make that catch in Morales, maybe it goes as a double or potentially even a triple if it goes off his glove. Um, and then, you know, comes up the next, uh, you know, inning in the 10th and draws a walk after falling behind 0-2, which showed some uh, good play discipline. This is a guy last year at double-A that uh, I believe he walked more than he struck out, which would be something this team uh, could certainly use right now because uh, they're striking out, you know, more than 10 times a game and, and leading the majors by quite a bit in strikeouts. Um, so, yeah, I do think he'll get some playing time because the Twins don't want him just to be up here to sit. Uh, but I'm kind of curious to see how long he'll be up here because the Twins are hopeful that uh, Santana will be back once those 15 days are up. But you never know because hamstrings um, definitely are hard to predict. Yeah, and this is the time of year for the old uh, hamstring pull. It's a, a typical April conundrum. Um, you mentioned Sano getting thrown out uh, by Hirschbeck after arguing on balls and strikes, and there was a fair amount of discussion in the aftermath of that because on the one hand, here's a, a player who uh, doesn't even have a full year of service time yet, and you know you don't want to get a reputation with the umpires uh, for that sort of thing. But then on the other hand, it was pretty clearly a ball. So... Um, where did you come out on that, Rhett? Did, uh, and where the Twins come out on that? Do you think they, they like the passion he, he showed, or is that something he might have to rein in? I think a little bit of both. I think the way that it's been going to show some passion certainly wasn't a bad thing. Um, and that strike zone was pretty inconsistent all day. Uh, you know, Rosario got called out on strikes early on in the game on a ball that was uh, definitely not even close either. And, and, you know, look at the MLB.com game day pitch FX data strikeout of Sano, the pitch was, you know, pretty much on the chalk. I mean, it was way off the strike zone. Um, but Sano also, after lunch, he said, this is a guy that doesn't even have a full year of service time yet, and he's already kind of young, young players. Um, so he's got to kind of learn to tone that down a little bit. Uh, Modern kind of talked about that this morning, just saying that, you know, he has to be smart about times when he's going to say that stuff to umpires. Maybe let Mauder do the tripping from the dugout instead, um, because Sano's bat's so important to this team. For him to get thrown out like that uh, is not going to help them, obviously. So, um, I do think that you know has a pretty good grasp of the strike zone, so I'm sure when he's complaining, he's probably right. But at the same time, it's something that's, you know, whether it's right or wrong, it's something that's earned. You know, if Joe Maurer has a problem with the strike zone, he's probably not going to get thrown out the way that's Noah just because, you know, umpires know Joe's been in the league for a long time. He certainly has a good, uh, you know, eye for the strike zone in general. Um, so I think Noah, he'll probably have to mature and learn a little bit about that just because he is so young. But um, at the same time, like I said, it was a fiery moment for a team that certainly needed a spark. But sure enough, they ended up uh, losing the game anyway. Kind of branching off that discussion point, I mean, you've made note of this, Rhett, that, that you know one adjustment for Sano this season is probably going to be the high strike in general. That, that's something opposing pitchers will probably be pouncing on. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, look at the numbers last year. I was pretty surprised to find it out myself, but he didn't have a single hit on a ball uh, either in the upper third of the strike zone or above the strike zone. Um, so it surprised me. I thought that he was, you know, obviously with his uh, overall talent and, you know, his, his great rookie season, that he at least had a couple hits off of those. Um, and, and if I found that out, I'm sure opposing teams know that as well. Um, you know, look at those heat maps and everything else. It's, you know, down in the zone, middle of the zone uh, is all red and he crushes it and everything else. Above that, he has trouble with. So the one thing about Sanoa, though, is he's a pretty patient guy. I think right now, maybe just because it's so early in the year, uh, he's swinging a little bit more, trying to do too much, maybe get that first homer, put his team on the, his back, that kind of thing. But I think once he kind of settles in, he'll kind of let some of the high strikes go. Or sorry, the high uh, fastballs go that aren't strikes. And the ones upper in the zone, he's going to have to kind of figure out a way uh, to hit those because he can't continue to not have any hits in the upper half of the zone um, and just call low ball hitter. But there are guys in the league that are like that. I mean, even look at Mike Trout. His uh, heat map was kind of the same thing. Trout loves the ball kind of down, down and in middle of the zone, doesn't really like pitches up in the zone. You can kind of beat him up there. Um, so strikeouts are going to be a part of Sano's game, uh, but he's got to adjust, and I think that's going to be the big thing we'll see uh, this season uh, until he adjusts or can, you know, kind of figure it out. I think teams are going to continue to try to, you know, kind of ride the ladder there and, and throw up in the zone against him. His other adjustment comes in the outfield itself, and uh, I saw you made note of this. It was a great point, Rhett, that um, everybody saw the, the Schwarber play, the Kyle Schwarber play. Uh, in Arizona, and, and the Cubs lose him for the season on that, that outfield collision uh, with a knee injury. And there's a guy who, similar to Sano, uh, a big power slugger who is getting thrust in the outfield as a result of, you know, that's where they need his bat. And same with the Twins right now. So it, it kind of spoke to the, the importance of communication with the other outfield. Yeah, definitely. I mean, those things sometimes just happen. You know, we know that uh, Buxton had a scare um, – in his first ever game in Double A a couple of years ago, where he he crashed into the right fielder and suffered a concussion and and missed some time with that. So uh, it's not like it's something the Twins haven't had before. And in, when you're in a new position like that, yeah, communication is going to be key. But sometimes you know, you're going after a ball in the gap, and you know opposing team crowd is kind of roaring. It's sometimes that things like that just happen though too. So it is kind of scary to see it happen that way. Um, but yeah, I mean a big body like Sano, he's even bigger than Schwarber is. Uh, he's got to be careful out there, and him and Buxton are definitely going to have to kind of talk about that and make sure that doesn't happen because that's the, you know the team's two biggest potential superstars in the making, uh, you know, are both out there in center and right. And if anything that were to happen to them, uh, it would definitely kind of cripple this team not only this year but uh, potentially even more so if it's an injury like that. So it's definitely scary to see that happen to Schwarber. Some of it though is just a little bit of bad luck. Um, but yeah, I think the Twins kind of realized that Mauter saw the similarities in the two of them in the situation itself and. Uh, they did kind of talk to Mal, or sorry, just to know a little bit about that, just make sure to know, you know, when you're in the gap like that with uh, with Bucks and kind of know your surroundings and definitely uh, use that communication and yell whether you got it or uh, something like that, just kind of stay away from those kind of situations. All right, well, the Twins have had their share of bad luck uh, so far in 2016. We'll check in with Rhett again next week. Hopefully uh, we'll have uh, happier things to talk about uh, until then. Thanks for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Minnesota Twins Edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.